Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us as we continue in our series of podcasts that focus on current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and today we are continuing in our series of podcasts that we've titled, Spending Time with the Text. And joining us for this episode is a member of DCC's Bible faculty, Dr. David White. Hello, David. Hello. Good to have you. David was born in Ohio, but he grew up in Houston, Texas. He was called into ministry during a week of camp at Wolverine Christian Service Camp. He has held ministries in Elizabethan, Tennessee, San Antonio, Texas, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he currently ministers at the Lakeview Christian Church in Garland, Texas. He attended Milligan University, where he met his wife, Connie. He holds a BA in Bible from Milligan, a Master of Divinity from Emmanuel Christian Seminary, and a PhD in philosophy, which he just recently completed from Johnson University. So congratulations on that. Way to go. David and Connie have three adult children. David III is a physician in Corpus Christi. Catherine, a DCC graduate, is a high school teacher in Spring, Texas, and is also the mother of Milo. Matthew is a recent DCC graduate and is a youth minister with the Christian Church of Los Alamos, New Mexico. Helping to guide our discussion with Dr. White is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, the Vice President of Institutional Advancement, Mr. Mark Worley. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Mark, and let you facilitate our discussion today with David White. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Man, I'm, I'm really jazzed about, I mean, I, I love all of these uh, time spending time in the Word because I think the Word of God is living and active. Uh, well, it doesn't matter what I think. That's what, <laughs> That's what it, it is. Yeah. Says, it yeah. is. So... <clears throat> And David, I, I'm really uh, excited about what we're going to be talking about today because we're going to be talking about really sin and and what uh, impact that has on us. And uh, the idea that you've put forth is uh, where the Apostle Paul says not not if we sin, but when we sin. And I think earlier we were talking about Hebrews uh, ten fourteen that says He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So there's a little bumps along the way, I would assume. In this concept, of there the, is of being made holy. <laughs> yeah, we're in the process. What did you say earlier? You were in the process. We're of, in the act of becoming. We're in the act of becoming, and one day, man, we'll be uh, we'll be with him, and we won't have this struggle anymore. But but I think it's interesting that we're perfect before God because of the blood of Christ, not because of what we've done. And and you actually start in First Corinthians eight. Correct. So, so tell us a little bit about your study and where, where you know, what, what, what were you thinking about? Well, be honest, I, I'm preaching, and I thought, what would be fun to do? And I started looking through Scripture, and Paul has all these one another passages. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always think about well, love one another, bear with one another, all these kinds of things. And then I came across this one: restore one another, and it just really struck me. Um, and, you know, I told you I was starting off with, you know, 1 Corinthians 8, where Paul says something that, that just floors me every time I read it. He says, when you sin, not if you sin. It's not a if you happen to sin along your, in, within your Christian, Christian life. It's when you sin. And, and this became real to me uh, through, of all things, the, the COVID lockdown of not being able to go anywhere. Um, 
Connie decided uh, for Christmas that she wanted to give get me a getaway finishing my dissertation. She said, let's just go to a state park somewhere. And then I got this wild idea. He said, why do that? When And I purchased her a, a book of all the state parks in the state uh, here in Texas. So we said, well, let's, let's try and hit all the state parks. And uh, she goes, how are we going to do this? And I had this plan along. So for her birthday, we got mountain bikes and we started mountain biking. And we started doing what everybody does in this day and age, go on YouTube, learn how to ride a mountain bike. Well, so the first ones, you know, first ones are the ones you, you start looking at is they say, when you fall off your bike, not if you fall off your bike, but when you fall off your bike. And I started thinking to myself, nah, no problem. I've got that. I've been riding a bike since I was five, right? Uh-huh. This can't be hard. <laughs> so we are up and, and Matthew got a bike with us. So there's three of us. And we are at Bob Sandlin State Park up uh, near, uh, oh, East Texas. And we're, we're going through there, and uh, we come, start coming down this hill. And Matt goes down, and I stop, and, and I start going down. I said, you know, Bob Sandlin, Texas is flat, right? It's not supposed to have this. And there's this hill, and water has rushed out, uh, has washed out the, the dirt underneath this tree. And so there's a drop-off. So I start going down, and as I start going down, I realize that the back end of my bike is not where it's supposed to be, and I am going over the handlebars of this bike. And Matt is already down the hill. Connie's behind me. I hear a gasp behind me, and then I see the look on Matt's face. It's like a deer in headlights, and I start over the handlebars. Mm. And and it's really cool because it's like slow motion. It's like a movie. And as I'm going over the handlebars, I think to myself, Two things. Number one, this is going to hurt. And number two, I better tuck or I'm going to die. So I tucked into a ball, went over, and landed, skidded down. And uh, Matt comes up, and he goes, Dad, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. He goes, what can I do? I said, get this bike off of me because I'm entangled in this bike. And so we get off, and Connie, smarter than I am, walks her bike down the hill and uh, we so we're, we're going on ahead and Matt looks over at me he says dad you scared me he, he said I thought I was going to lose my dad I thought you were going to I thought mm-hmm. you killed yourself and uh, we went the next half mile and all that and I washed the dirt and all that and helmet's got this really cool gash in it Connie says you need a new helmet I said no this is a reminder of falling <laughs> off my bike um, so we're all going to sin it's not if you fall off your bike, it's when. And yeah, you're going to be bruised. And, you know, I was bruised up. I had a, my right thigh was a bruise from, you know, hip to knee. And, but, you know, as Connie said, at least you didn't hurt your face (laughs) or break your glasses. Uh, But, you know, it was just, it was, it was scary. So, so the question that comes to my mind and and as, as really brought this to life was, how are we going to help one another when this happens to us? Um, through my dissertation and, and, and research on spiritual formation, this idea of the spiritual journey that we're all on, that um, you know we're all sitting in this room recording this podcast right now, but we're not all in the same spot that we are spiritually. Uh, uh, I, I know and I'm sure that everyone will will we'll agree that what Mark and Caroline have been going through with her, her cancer and how they have drawn together and to God is, 
you, you sit and wonder, it's like, man, could I do that? Mm. And we look at Mark and we think, wow, you know, you're one of those heroes of, of the faith now for what you all are going through. And you're going to look at me and say, well, that's nothing me. It's all God. But yeah, yeah that's what it is. So how are we going to help one another? And then I turn to Galatians chapter 6. And, and this is just, these words jumped off the page. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. So this jumps off the pages because when we sin, we need someone to help us, to restore us. Like I needed Matthew to get my feet untangled from the bike so I could stand up. Here Paul is telling us to rest- how to restore one another. This spiritual journey that we're walking on, again, we're not all in the same spot. You know, the, the mature may be walking with the immature, not in the, the, the sense of where they're at in the growth, but here on this planet, on this earth, uh, a new believer will be walking with a senior saint. And since we're going to sin and we're going to fall and we're going to get all scraped and bruised up, Paul tells us to restore each other gently. And man, I think that's something we need in our culture today. Oh, Absolutely. You know, David, I'm reminded of a a quote that I have looked at in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's little book, Life Together. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks about fellowship, and he says, The final breakthrough to fellowship does not occur, for though we have fellowship as the devout, we do not have fellowship as the undevout. He said, He who is alone with his sin is utterly alone. You know, he wrote that back in 1930s, and it's still the case. And so this passage is so huge uh, when we take a look at it. And, and one of the things I love about the Apostle Paul is he kind of puts orders. You know, it's, he puts, a, hey, here's an outline. It's a three-point or a five-point or a six-point outline. Makes and, it uh, easy to preach. <laughs> <laughs> makes it really easy on preaching. So, uh, so you've seen uh, an outline kind of on, right here in this, in this uh, Romans 6 passage that are steps to restoration. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, one of the first things you look at and you look at these steps is just this idea of Paul. And we never think, we always think of Paul as like a surgeon or a hunter. It's like, boom, he's going to hit his target. But he begins this passage vaguely. Mm. I mean, you don't think of Paul as being vague. And all of a sudden here he's vague. Uh, And he does it in two ways. First of all, uh, he uses the Greek term anthropos, which is, uh, you know, or humanity, you know, humanity. But here we translate it as someone. So he doesn't tell us who sinned, but he kind of puts it in like all of us. And it's very vague how he does this. And the second thing he puts in, well, well, let me go back a little bit, because in that it's like he's saying, all of us, any of us, are, are capable of getting ourselves entangled in that ten, the tentacles of sin. Um, so, again, it's a when, not an if. 
And then he's vague about the sin. You notice he doesn't say, this is the sin they got caught in. This isn't like a, a 1 Corinthians type situation. He just says sin. He, he, he doesn't get specific. And it's like any sin, he says, is a fall. It doesn't matter the type of sin. We all, it all has the same results. It's a slip and a fall in our spiritual journey. And it's like he's saying, if you haven't had a slip and fall yet, don't worry, you will. And if you have had one, don't worry, you get another one. You know, it just <clears throat> floors yeah, me. It is, I, and you know, it could be. It could even be Paul. I mean, in yeah. Romans, in Romans seven, it's interesting that he says, "The things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't do." And we think, "Oh, well, that was the Paul back." No, that's the saint, the apostle Paul is in the present tense saying, "Man, I've got this struggle within me of the things I don't want to do." I do them. You know, who will save me from this, or save us from this body of death? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, when you start to think of the various ways that Paul talks about the fall, or when we fall, Titus 3, we ourselves were once foolish. Man, all of those different passages, yeah, they start they start uh, uh, coming to crystallize, you know, almost. They sure do. Okay, so, so steps. Steps. First thing, watch yourselves. I love this. He just says watch yourselves. When we seek to restore the fallen, the first step is to watch ourselves so we don't become so arrogant that we fall into the same temptation. Um, you know, we need to remember our adversary is crafty. All he needs to do is for us to take temptation lightly, and, he, and he'll have the upper hand. Um, again, I think Paul would understand this firsthand. Remember how the, it was that arrogance that he thought he was protecting God when he was persecuting the church, when he was Saul. Yeah. Remember the arrogance that led him to be standing there, giving his approval while the Sanhedrin took Stephen outside of Jerusalem and stoned him. He even says he held their coats as a young man. So Paul's going to tell us to watch ourselves. And I, I see that in our world today. We, you know, we want to point fingers, but we don't want to, you know, what's the old saying? You know, when you're pointing a finger, you got three pointing back at you. Um, so we got to watch ourselves. Second thing he says is, he says, be careful with comparisons. Um, when we seek to restore the fallen, it's easy to turn prideful, uh, which, by the way, isn't that a sin within itself? But that's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, we need to be careful who we compare ourselves to. Uh, because I think this is that temptation for us as the restorers sometimes to be dangerous. We can easily compare ourselves to the fallen, get a false sense of superiority. Um, it reminds me, I was one, I told one time about the, the famous prayer of the Pharisees yeah. that went this way. God, thank you that you did not make me a sinner, a Gentile, or a woman. And, you know, uh, at least basically the Pharisees say, I'm better than that person. Uh, instead, Paul's telling us if we're going to make any comparison at all, we need to compare ourselves to Christ. Right. And then we're not going to see the sense of pridefulness, but we're going to see the, the similarities between ourselves and the one who needs restored. Yeah, and, I, quote, I quoted this passage uh, just yesterday in a, in a men's Bible study, you know, where uh, this very passage... You know, when you think you're something, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it, 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 Paul quickly puts you, puts me in my place. Puts us all in our place. Yeah, and uh, 
we were studying First Peter 5, and that's what Peter says. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, in this comparison, Paul's telling us, you know, go from a compassionate heart rather than a sense of arrogance, which I think is helpful. Third thing he tells us to do is carry the burden. Uh, one falls along the journey, there's usually a reason. Usually the burden they're carrying is too heavy. Uh, and I think here, you, you, see, you know, Paul could be, you know, going, kind of going after the Judaizers a little bit. Mm-hmm. With the, you got to follow all those 613 laws laid out in the Torah for us, the, the burden of that law of Moses. And uh, it was the weight of the burden that was leading to temptation, the fall to sin. So Paul's going to instruct us even to carry each other's burdens. Um, it's, a, it's another one another. This reference, the, this idea of burden is like the soldier's backpack. Yeah. And, and he's telling us, hey, shoulder the pack of the person that's struggling. Make their life a little bit easier. Um, see, if you want to fulfill the law, then choose to fulfill the law of Christ. Love one another. Share one another's burdens. Love your neighbor as yourself. Put all the needs of others ahead of the needs of your, yourself. And I, I think you get the idea of what he means to, to carry the burden. Last thing he says is to share all the good things. Uh, you see, we're, when we're called to, to carry the burden, we're also called to share the blessings. And again, let's go back to the Greek because there's this another Greek word here that uh, most people would recognize immediately, koinonia. And we always think koinonia is fellowship. Well, it could also be translated sharing as it's done here. Uh, Christianity is not this kind of individual experiment. We're in this together. Um, and the only way we're going to make it is to journey together, uh, sharing life together. Uh, doing life together. Uh, think about Paul and his missionary journeys. When did he travel alone? Even when he was under arrest, headed for Rome, we see in Acts, it's one of those we passages, Luke's with him. At the end of his life, he told Timothy, go get John Mark and get him here quickly because I need him. This is the guy he wouldn't even travel with years <laughs> before. You know, the Christian life, whether you're at the beginning, the middle, or the end, it's meant to be lived together in koinonia, in fellowship, in sharing with one another. That's one of uh, Scott's favorite words, koinonia. Oh, yeah. You know, it's also found in Philippians 1, where Paul says, I really appreciate the partnership that we have. Well, the word partnership I thought was interesting was Mm -hmm. koinonia. Koinonia. Intimate relationships, yeah. And it's like restoring, you know... uh, we all are going to need it. We all, we all need the sense. We all need to come about. Um, but restoring means focusing on Christ, carrying the burdens, and sharing the good things, sharing in that relationship. And, and before you know it, you know, the, the, the one that has fallen is upright. He's dusted off. Yeah, he's a little skinned up, knees, elbows, palms of his hands maybe. Mm. But he's, he's back walking beside you even as you carry his pack. And you never know, down the road, quarter mile, you may fall and he may pick you up. Yeah. But the spiritual journey is meant to be shared. Yes. And we can never forget that. Yeah, man. Uh, pretty pretty powerful stuff here. Uh, and, you know, you hear these phrases, the church shoots its own wounded and all that stuff. But what would happen if we did have, uh, going back to Bonhoeffer, if we had that life together and we... Uh, 
we encouraged one another, we built up one another, and you carry, you know, Matthew 11, Jesus says, look, uh, I'll take all the burdens, all the care, and when we are in Christ, man, we, we uh, our yoke is easy, our burden is light, because uh, we carry each other's burdens, and Jesus is the is the main yoke fellow, yes. and when he's in the mix, man, we can restore people. And uh, <clears throat> we were just talking about, you know, so many people. When someone makes a mistake, wow, you know, um, it's easy to shoot rather than to pick up. Yeah, or even walk off and ignore. Think about Jesus's story of you know who is good, and then he tells about the the good Samaritan. Yeah. Yeah, it does take a lot of time and effort and energy to restore. But, man, isn't that what we would want? Uh, and that's what we do want when we fall. Cause we what we fall. need. Yeah. What we need. Absolutely. <laughs> I uh, was drawn to the, you know, your, your emphasis on community. And I, I keep thinking, especially as I'm watching news reports and especially about school children and, and, and just, you know, people in general during the pandemic – the mental health crisis that was created by people being isolated and you know i I think it's it's just been that that's been one of the tragedies of this last year year and a half is that you know the the suicide rate has increased it's it's people that were forced (laughs) to live in isolation and that's not how we were created and so i think it's a good reminder that that yeah i mean the, the biblical the healthy model is to be in community and, you know, yeah, we, we in, in religious circles are going to say that's why we need to meet together as a church. But it's even more than that. It's, it's that having that deep relationship and fellowship. Because just as you, as you said, Mark, a lot of what, what David just shared as steps to restoration we don't see in yeah. the church, unfortunately, all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I was helping this past Tuesday at, at Compass's uh, Christian Church. They're a Celebrate Recovery program. I every now and then go over and do music. And there were, two weeks ago, we had, I don't know, 18, 22 people. This last week, almost 50. And and, and it, everyone's commenting, it just seems like everyone is gravitating to community because there is such a need for that. And well, I think in the, in the Galatians 6 passage, the, the other key word there seems to be if, if someone is caught in sin. doesn't mean that they, you know, it's like, why didn't they come forward and and confess well they got caught you know it's like Mm -hmm. the woman caught in adultery you know it's not that they fessed up and so that's that's even an extra difficult step of restoration uh because it's not necessarily that they just volunteered yeah they didn't volunteer for this And, and it's again this is interesting that you know galatians uh could be, depending on how you want to look at it, written before the, Paul's experience with uh, with those in Corinth. But right. he he's still got this idea that he he is interested in the restoration of the person, the whole person. Um, that's great, and uh, I, I think, think that's it's vital. Also interesting when you look at Galatians two. I mean, a, a few chapters before, where he's pretty ticked off at Peter and and Barnabas and the hypocrisy that's there, and yet he's saying we have to restore even that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Thank you, David. This has Thank been, you for the opportunity. been good stuff. If you would be interested in taking a class with Dr. David White, we'd love for you to uh, explore that possibility by checking out our website here at Dallas Christian College at www.dallas.edu. Uh, 
Uh, our mission says that we educate and mentor students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ in the church and in the world. And that's what we are committed to doing here at DCC. And I'm grateful that uh, we were able to spend some time with you, David, and you, Mark, in discussing this. If you have more questions, feel free to check us out. Uh, we invite you to share uh, this podcast with any of your friends, those who, who might be encouraged by that. And you can check out all of our previous episodes on any of our podcast uh, platforms. But we are uh, grateful that you have chosen today to listen to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Take care and have a great day.